You're listening to episode 163 of the Christian Travelers Network. Today's topic is four biblical sites to visit in Egypt. You're listening to Christian Travelers Network, the podcast and platform where travel stories, community, and scripture combine. Hey, Christian travelers. I am so glad that you are here. Today, we're going to be taking a closer look at some places to visit in Egypt that can encourage you in your faith walk. But before we dive into that, I want to once again point you to our website, christiantravelers.net. There you'll find other faith and travel resources, and we're so excited to make our online platform available to you. It's a great place where you can post trips, connect with other travelers, and more. So if you haven't already signed up, head to our website now to get started. So without further ado, today we're looking at Egypt, a place close to Israel and the Jordan where many of the Old Testament stories and a few of the New Testament ones as well focus on. It's a place well known as the story of Exodus where Moses and the Israelites fled. But if we went there today, what would we actually find and what are places of significance worth seeing? So today let's go ahead and take a look. The first story I want to bring to mind is the story of Joseph. Joseph was the one with the coat of many colors. He was the one that was the favorite of his father. He was the one also sold into slavery by his brothers who didn't like the fact that he was so highly favored, that he got these visions of his brothers bowing down to him, etc. So he ended up in Egypt He was sold to Potiphar and was governor of his household, doing pretty much everything Potiphar would do except one exception, and that is sleep with Potiphar's wife. Now, Potiphar's wife thought Joseph was rather attractive and tried to sleep with him. When he refused, she stole his cloak and claimed that he had, despite what he truly did, and he got thrown into Potiphar's jail cell. There he interpreted dreams of his inmates, and this eventually led to him being called upon to interpret a dream of Pharaoh. Now, the king or Pharaoh was the individual who dreamt about the seven fat cows being eaten by the seven scrawny cows and the seven uh, pieces of corn being eaten by the scrawny shriveled pieces of corn. and. In his dream, Joseph concluded that this was indeed a dream of seven years of blessing and then seven years of famine. This got him ranked as the second in command to Pharaoh, and he was responsible for taking care of all of Egypt. He set aside grain in grain houses or storehouses. He built man-made lakes. And if you want to go see those places, including some pyramids, uh, you can go to Saqqara, S-A-Q-Q-A-R-A, in in Egypt and see some of those grain houses and things that Joseph built. The second place that I encourage you to visit is Tanis. Its biblical name is Zoan, Z-O-A-N. And it's also close to the biblical known area of Ramses. While we don't know 
fully the exact areas. We do know that Tanis has turned up a lot of archaeological finds about the people of Israel. And so when you're there, you can see um, and understand some of the ancient ruins, see some of the Egyptian tombs, and get an idea of what the Israelites would have lived in, what their um, environment may have been when they were slaves there. And ultimately, this is known as the place where they get freed from Pharaoh to go, well, wander in the wilderness for uh, several years, but that was of their own doing. So this is known for its miraculous point when the Lord led them out of Egypt. The next city I encourage you to visit is Nuiba. This city is where we assume the Israelites crossed the Red Sea. While we don't know for sure, it is the city that is right near what is known as a land bridge or an elevated piece of land within the Red Sea. And it is a place that we have found a number of archaeological finds, chariots, things that would have been destroyed by the waters coming crashing down as the Israelites crossed the Red Sea. Now, chariots and things don't end up in the middle of the sea without some other means, which is why many people think that this is where the Israelites crossed. And as you're standing on the beach overlooking the massive Red Sea, it makes you stop and think about the millions of people that would have had to cross the river and get to the other side to safety and how Moses had to hold up his arms as they did so. But then go ahead and turn 180 degrees around and look at where the chariots would have come racing down towards the Israelites. You can get the sense of courage, but also fear and trepidation of the unknown as they raced across uh, this land bridge. Again, we don't know for sure, but this is where many scholars have concluded that the Israelites likely crossed. Now, the fourth and final place that I want to point you to is St. Catherine Monastery. This is a place that claims it is located where Moses spoke to the burning bush. If you look at Exodus and Deuteronomy, we see that in one instance, the story is referred to as Mount Sinai and another Mount Horeb. And then later on, once the Israelites have exited Egypt and are on their way towards the promised land, we see that at Mount Horeb or Mount Sinai is where Moses gets the Ten Commandments. So many scholars believe that indeed this mountain or, or spot is the same spot where both instances occurred. And it seems really ironic that God would first speak to Moses in this place and, and call on him to begin his journey leading the Israelites. And then in the same spot, he would speak to Moses once again and give him the commands and the rules of, for Israel. It, it just seems like an incredible place. So if you want to hike it um, and go to the top and visit the monastery, it's highly encouraged. Many people will try and go watch the sunrise or the sunset. And it is a couple hour hike or at least a very um, 
highly stressful one. So if you're not so good at hiking or walking, etc., there are other options to the top, which can get you within about 700, uh, 700 steps of the top. So if you want to at least have said that you were close to the top, um, where all of these events were, where the Lord spoke to Moses repeatedly, um, there are options. So don't uh, rule it out if walking is maybe something that's difficult for you. I know I said there were only four, but I do want to mention a fifth one, and that is something I believe the Orthodox Church in Egypt really clings to, or the Coptic Church, which I believe is a branch of the Greek Orthodox Church. And that is the Trail of the Holy Family. Well, I couldn't find biblical evidence to back up the places on this trail. The Egyptians believe uh, that these are important places that the Holy Family visited while they were here. If you don't remember the story, shortly after Jesus was born, King Herod was killing and slaughtering many babies, and Joseph received a dream from the Lord that told him to flee. So in the middle of the night, they started their journey to Egypt to get away from King Herod, and they stayed there until Herod died. So clearly, the Holy Family spent some time in this area, but exactly where I personally don't know. However, there are quite a few sites worth checking out. So if you're looking for a couple more places to visit, those might be some worth learning about. So I hope this encourages you and that you've learned something new today, that if you ever visit Egypt, that maybe you take some time to look for these places, stop and, and reflect on the Lord's will and doing in these areas. Thank you so much for listening to today's podcast. If you liked it, please hit the subscribe button, leave a review, and share it with a friend. Those three things can help us grow more attention and encourage more individuals to bring Christ back into the center of their travels. Until next time, safe travels and God bless.